0: Checkalo, hello,
1: checkalo! Hello. Born to Rome! All right, welcome to episode four of Born to Rome. Uh, what's up, all you crazy cats and kittens out there? Um, so obviously today I am here to, uh, to interview the one, the only RM Wizard Castle, uh, Ross the Boss Hoss, Awesome Sauce Miller, and let it be known that it wasn't easy to schedule an interview with you.
0: I got a lot of things to do. Uh, I'm a busy guy, but I'm happy to be here, uh, in your room. As long as
1: we keep it brief.
0: Yeah. Keep it brief. Uh, you know what not to talk about (laughs) and, uh, and uh, yeah, happy to be here up in your room. It's very rare that I'm allowed up here. And uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at all the ambiance. It's so bright. It's a, there's a bright future up here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, your, your, your publicist and your management was very clear about what not to talk about. I'm, I was also instructed that I'm not allowed to stand up at any point during the interview.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Okay. <laughs> We've established the ground rules. We've read through the paperwork. It's trying to get into it. So, Ross, for qu- first question, how are you? I'm quite splendid. How are you? I'm very well. I just want to know how how's your apocalypse going? How are you? Uh, how are you faring with the, the current circumstances?
0: It's definitely sad that people are sick and whatnot. Um, everything's kind of the same for me. I've just been like playing bass in my room. I got an Xbox. I haven't really been playing games on the Xbox, but I've been streaming Mad Blink One Eighty Two videos. So I realize that they are the music of the future and the past and uh same with bowling for soup uh i'd like to give them some uh shout outs right now uh rancid too rancid's sick i used to tell only like maxwell murder because like obviously the bass was sick but like there's more songs who would have thought but yeah sick band is that did i just ruin the whole interview no no, no no i, I got <laughs> lots more i
1: got lots more related questions so We'll get into the current listening, but I'd like to just give everybody out there a little bit of a, a, a backstory, a bit of like an origin story of uh, one Ross, the boss Haas Miller. Uh, so can you talk about what it was like growing up in Niagara? We were just watching some RCHC videos on the old TV, but what, describe what it was like uh, uh, on the top of your mind, what it was like kind of growing up in the music scene in Niagara. And what, was, what, was, what were the bands that were currently playing and what was it like?
0: Uh, it was awesome. I grew up in Font Hill, which is kind of like a, like a suburb. Um, and there wasn't like, I had friends that showed me music that who had older brothers who uh, went to school in Welland, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I ended up going to high school. But I would learn about, um, I don't know, like the Misfits and AFI, of course, Blink-182, The Goats. And uh, I was into like some 41 and stuff. And that was really cool. Then when I went to high school, I met uh, a lot of my good friends. Um, that I still keep in touch with today. And they introduced me to hardcore and hardcore was like a a predominant genre in Welland. There was a band called uh, Dana Deathwish that I was just listening to and I really liked them. Keep It Up was like my first favorite hardcore band that are kind of more uh, what I'm into now. There was a band called the Ceremonial Snips and which turned to the Snips and members of that band own Press Time and are affiliated with D-Boy. Yeah, just like really, really talented musicians who really honed in their craft uh, really, really well. I was just listening to them and I was just like, Oh my God, I can't even play those songs now. Like they're, they were really good. And, uh, yeah, I was very fortunate to be part of, or like, kind of like see the end of uh, a very excited musical music scene that kind of slightly dwindled over time. Mm. As it does, as it does, as it does, rise and fall. But
1: yeah. uh, you, you were fortunate enough, though, you feel to be, you know, a part of uh, what was clearly a very flourishing music scene, uh, with you know some great venues and a lot of great bands. It seemed like
0: for sure. Yeah, it was uh, a mixture between um, kind of like, in a weird way, in a good way, in a bad way. But the caliber of musician musicians in my area were so good that you couldn't really get away with being bad. Mm. Like you kind of had to like really bring your A game. Or else like everybody like there was the the Bedlam message board owned by uh Papa Joel and which turned to the C music message board. And if you posted something that uh wasn't uh good you'd get uh you'd get attacked and oh boy I was I attacked see. Many a times, yeah. Oh.
1: So, talk a little bit about this message board because obviously uh, that message board eventually was kind of a precursor to Joel starting. Uh, was it a precursor to him starting Bedlam, or uh, was it uh, was Bedlam kind of an
0: associated thing while he was doing the message board? Well, I hope he listens because he can correct me. It's a little. I was young when it was, yeah. but Bedlam I think started off as. Uh, I'm like a music review message board and whatnot and he, there was also shows affiliated yeah. with it and then also like joel had a big part of the scene music festival so the that board eventually switched to the scene music board because i think the scene music festival for a long time was uh pretty big it was awesome it was really well attended uh some of my favorite moments ever have had Musically, have happened at that festival, which was equally important. But yeah, Joel um, Carrier, who owns Diallon Records, who started Diallon Records, uh, was like a, a huge, like huge importance to the Niagara music scene. Also, with Alexa on Fire, who who were also very important to uh, things happening in Niagara, mm-hmm. kind of starting the magic. And there was a lot of great bands around the same time. But I think Alexa on Fire obviously was the biggest band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they certainly uh, became... yeah. Uh, very, very large. Uh,
1: I guess when it comes to the, 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 message boards and stuff, was that in and around or like slightly before kind of a Facebook time? And that was a place where people could, uh, basically talk about local music and what was happening.
0: Absolutely. I think my space for me, at least, uh, was around the same time. Yeah. I think I don't remember exactly for me. I think it was roughly around the same time that was happening, but I remember. Uh, Before I would listen to music on MySpace, uh, I have a distinct memory of hearing um, the first Attack in Black demo, I'm pretty sure like right right after uh, Dan's band, Dead Only Better broke up on Pure Volume. And that that was before MySpace. Mm -hmm. So I remember that uh, very, very well. And then I think people would go to the Bedlam message board or the C message board, and there'd be a link to that kind of similar to what you see on Instagram now or okay. on Facebook. There's a link to somewhere else. And then you go there and, uh, yeah, either it would be highly praised or
1: there'd be some, <laughs> would, uh,
0: would some... be like, "I like we did better. I'm like, the drums are off time. Like yeah. not in any band in particular, but, uh, like, do you even know how to play the D B yet? Kind of yeah. stuff like that. Like <laughs> a lot of chirping. Your vocals are trash. Like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Some some
1: some some, pr- some glowing reviews, some chirping, and some crucifixions happened on the on the message boards. Oh yeah, it was the wild wild west. Wild wild west. Um, and so, you know, as we were just watching that video downstairs of uh, some RCHC, uh, it looks like you guys had some real lit shows in the uh, in the the Rose City and the Rose City surrounding area. Was that kind of your memory of things that most, that there was a lot of really popping off local shows?
0: Yeah, Um definitely. uh, Like I said earlier, it kind of unfortunately dwindled over time, but, uh and I caught the tail end. Like I, I think I started high school in 2004. Mm-hmm. And I think the most popular time of that was 2004, 2001 to 2004. I could be wrong, but around that time, that's when like on any given Friday, like 500 kids would come to a show in Wyland and, and like, they would like fill these like, like club social and the lion's hall and all that stuff. And like, it's funny because I think about it and like those bands who are, they seem like a million years older than me at the time. <laughs> they still do now, but uh, uh, they seem so much older, but they weren't that much older. And like, they could easily have made a career just playing it well. And to like, cause they were selling like, like warp tour type of like Voluntary amounts of merch. Yeah. And like, like I remember like when I was a kid, I would like, wear a hoodie, the hoodie of a band, and then wear the same band's T-shirt under the hoodie. Nice. Like I was just like obsessed. Murder Thy Maker. Maybe that's why I'm like super into like Rancid and stuff now because I was so obsessed with Niagara bands and I kind of felt that was my thing that any other band for a long time in my like teenage years didn't seem as cool or as important. because like, it was cool to have the pride of the music the mus- music around you kind of thing and you could see them and get in the pit and like the shows were exciting and then like I said like by the time I started playing music nobody cared <laughs> <laughs> well it seems even like from all of the videos and stuff that I've kind of seen that you've
1: pulled up on the on the old television is that basically that there was a Those shows all look lit. You haven't pulled up one video where it looked like anything. And it didn't. Nothing looked like a local show, like in terms of what today's version of a local show looks like. You know, they all look like the a touring band from England has come in, and it's crazy that they're here, and it's amazing that we get to see them. And that's the energy level that people are in,
0: like disbelief that they get to be there. It's insane. It's like I, I think like maybe some of the people who are part of that age group or have done music things after, I don't, I I think they might belittle how beautiful it was that that many people love singing along love and how, even though the songs were, I think they were unique to our area, but there's definitely some like, uh, you can definitely see where they, um, borrowed from other bands and whatnot Mm -hmm. but uh even though that that might not necessarily be a popular style of music to people of my age group or their age group now i think they're really really good i think like because of the their passion to their craft uh it got a lot of people excited and created a really cool thing for a while
1: would i be kind of over assuming to you know to think that witnessing such awesome shows from a young age had a lot to do with like how you initially became obsessed with music? Was it, was that a big part of it? Seeing people and being a part of such a, you know, an energetic reaction to a band was a a really powerful thing that is uh, still impacting you today.
0: A hundred percent. I think like definitely the, the feeling of excitement that I would get to see like early attack and black, keep it up the snips. Unfortunately, I only caught the reunion, for Death Wish and Murder the Maker, like, actually, I did see Murder the Maker. I'm sure if, like, some people from Welland heard this, it'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah like, I was a poser or whatever, but <laughs> I'm not, so, yeah, like, the excitement of seeing these bands and, like, honestly, like, being like, these guys are the coolest, this is the best, like, I would be so pumped that when I started music, I was just so pumped to do it mm-hmm. that I think, like, from, like, very early on, I just had, like, Incredible excitement towards it. I think, like sometimes my, I, especially at my like early years, my ex- excitement outweighed my uh, musicianship. But uh, maybe that's the case now too. I think. That,
1: I think that's the way it's. All, it always should be. Yeah, you know, for you know, sure. When <laughs> things are best, is uh, it's when excitement comes first over uh, your actual ability to do shit. I was just going to ask, we, you know, you and I have had this discussion before, but your first kind of song slash album artist that really made you excited about music rather than, uh, you know, walking around in daily life as a kid hearing like background noise and be like, oh, that's a song. But, you know, you've mentioned to me that it was Shaggy.
0: Shaggy for sure. Shaggy Hot Shot was um, a huge record for me. I still love it to this day. It gets Great me record. so hyped. Great uh, record. Uh, my first favorite song of all time was living in a Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. Yes. And I remember my mom, she went to Costco and she bought, uh, I remember this, it was a CD player, like Walkman CD player. It was gold. I think it was Sony. So like she was making some money. That was yeah, yeah. sick. Right. And then like she had that and she bought the Ricky Martin CD and I was living in Ottawa at the time or I was mm-hmm. visiting Ottawa or something mm-hmm. and I. I remember just pacing up and down the stairs, listening to, like, I didn't care about any other song on that record. Like I was just living to be, and I still kind of listen to music this way, but like, so I just like wanna like, know every single thing about the song.
1: Dissect it.
0: And yeah, and then that and, uh Willennium. Nice. Yeah. What's the, is that? Uh, like Miami getting jiggy with Mug- it. Getting jiggy with it, yeah. Yeah, that was like, Formative. gigantic. I think that was my first like, like a CD that my parents bought for me. Nice. That or Hot Shot, probably around the same time. Some two,
1: two heavy hitters, two yeah. or three heavy hitters in a row right there. When did you kind of become interested in the idea of making hip-hop? Because you had obviously played uh, in some awesome bands early on, uh, Consumer Alert, uh, Cat on Acid. Yeah. You uh, dip your toes in doom metal with uh, Sound Asleep. Uh, when, at what point were you like, hey, I want to do some hip-hop now? And what were what what kind of made you kind of go in that direction?
0: Well, I think it came clearly based on like my first few favorite CDs. Like mm-hmm. I've always loved like I don't think it's crummy, but like kind of like commercial R and B hip hop kind of thing. So that was always like I was always just so pumped on that. Like whenever I hear anything of that, like Usher, or anything, like, like Top
1: 40 R&B. I, I just
0: love that stuff so much that I wouldn't necessarily throw it on all the time, but if it was on the radio or if someone put on, put a, the CD on, I would, I'd be in the pit for sure. But like, I remember I was helping record a single mother's record called our pleasure and great record. Thanks. It's pretty sick. My favorite. And, uh, we were recording and me and Jess has played in a hardcore band, kind of hardcore band. I've been told it's called an art project, but, uh, referred to as an art project, but a band called Sideman that, uh, justice and I wrote songs for, and, uh, our good friend Riley Simpson, who also plays or played in single mothers played drums on. And we had that band and that was really cool. And then we, me and justice decided to help with a single mother's record and we were in the studio and we heard, uh, through Darren, uh, who was, uh, engineering the record at Jocasa, who's awesome who's actually Steele's cousin, Steel from West oh, yeah. cousin, he told us that there's a Battle of the Bands happening somewhere, I don't remember, but, uh, oh, Simcoe. Simcoe. I'll never forget. Shout Simcoe. out to Simcoe. Shout out to Simcoe. Simcoe. Shout out to Simcoe. Battle of the Bands and Simcoe, and if you win, you can uh, get studio Tem at And I me and Justice for like, yo, we got to do this. Yeah. We come back to Jucasa and lay like a sick Siamans on down.
1: And just for some backstory, uh, can you just kind of explain a little bit why like Jucasa is like a one, a
0: beautiful studio?
1: Yeah. Why it, you'd want to record there again.
0: It's gigantic. Yeah, uh, It's owned by a, a guy who has a ton of money who built it for his son, who owns like tobacco money in Caledonia. Darren is super, super easy to work with. Really cool. It's just like, it honestly feels like I am Usher and I'm recording Yeah for, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like uh Did you say
1: that Justice is your Lil John?
0: No, I I'd be Lil John to his Usher, you know, <laughs> you know how you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? But uh yeah, so like we wanted to record, <laughs> but like we also like haven't rehearsed in a long time and like we had our friends Garrett, Bo, and uh Riley and Nick Giamarco in the band and uh, we haven't rehearsed them for with them for a while so we we're just like okay how do we do this without having to rehearse because like rehearsal kind of sucks so we we're just like okay how about we make backing tracks and then we just wrap all the songs because me and justice live would both sing uh like i'd be more of the screamer and he'd be more of the melodic guy and then sometimes he'd scream sometimes I'd sing too you know a little mm. bit of both but anyway yeah so we did the show and We rapped and we made beats, and like me and Justice are like gigantic Beastie Boys fans too. So we just ripped that off. And there we go. We did that. And then from that day on, we just fired the band and just played with an (laughs) iPod. (laughs) Way cheaper.
1: Way cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to plug it in. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Circling back to hardcore for a second here. Was there, you, you mentioned earlier on that there was, you kind of had friends with older brothers that maybe showed you those kinds of first things? Uh, introduced to you. Do you remember the kind of moment at all or at least the kind of time? Uh, what, what are your first recollections of hardcore and how it touched you?
0: My friend Scott David, uh, which I guess this isn't... No, no, I guess it would be. And Like, it is hardcore. Actually, I'm wearing it, sure, now. Uh, my friend Scott David, who lived in Fon Hill with, he was like my best friend growing up. He was like a super good skateboarder. Uh, was really good at guitar, just all around beast at everything. And uh, he, his older brother was super into blank. That was sick, show me blank. And then uh, was also super into Rage Against the Machine. And I remember him showing me Rage and being like, like Evil Empire. And I was like, this is like the craziest thing. I remember hearing it being like, this kind of like sounds like the the rap parts in Sum 41. (laughs) And I was like, well then like they must be influenced by some (laughs) 41 and then like there you go so I remember that I remember being in his room and him having his brother's uh Epiphone SG custom with three gold pickups and us like just be like this is the craziest thing and then his brother got really mad that we took it into like his like Scott's room and he probably like something bad or whatever i don't know but uh (laughs) i remember him being kind of angry uh (laughs) there was always the older brother dynamic
1: where you the younger brother would come in and like yeah check what he's got and the older brother would always get angry
0: yeah i remember like and they were both like super like i was like i was a chonky little lad i loved everything tasty and uh i remember they had all the good treats and uh they were into like all they got into all the bad shit first you know what I'm saying so like uh uh yeah uh yeah it was a, uh, it was definitely the cool guy's house yeah. and like I was just along for the ride it was, pa-
1: it was paradise <laughs> yeah and so you, this this older brother cheers, he showed Scott. you yeah cheers so he showed you Rage Against the Machine and and then from there did you kind of uh did you have somebody else kind of introduce you to if, were you were you introduced to first wave hardcore first, or, or was it more local stuff and then you worked backwards?
0: I owe a lot of it to Justice, like Justice, like uh, who I met first period of Gray Nine. Yeah, first period, first like everything, Mr Gallagher's geography class. Nice. I remember he had big like a huge afro. I thought he looked like, and I'm from Font Hill, like a suburb. And I'm like that dude's a freak. But for some reason, he was drawn to me because that was so chonky. And like, he was just like, oh, I haven't seen a chonky boy like that ever. <laughs> we were just drawn to other together. You know what I'm saying? And uh yeah, without like, he showed me a lot of like the Welland groups. And uh, I remember they were like repping like, like OG, like I remember like Justice and like Ben Pockel, Uh They would be wearing like, just like super like tight pants and like really like, like old, like looking like, like rip off hardcore shirts that like attack and, attack and black and keep it up and a day to death wish made. Yeah. And they would just be showing me all these bands and stuff and they were like, Yo, let's bring Ross to the show. And I remember the first show I went to it was at St. Catherine's at Red Square and uh, they they got into the pit for attack and black and uh, they made me hold all their coats while they're in the pit. So, <laughs> so that was a disc kind of I could have been in that pit, Yo, know? could have been working off some of those calories. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They were trying to keep me chonky. <laughs> anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> there was also a local skateboard shop called Cyril that Mike Todd owned in Fon Hill. And he would carry uh, like all the bands, hardcore shirts mm-hmm. and stuff and keep it up. Used to say fuck a lot and all their songs. And they had a shirt. I forget the actual quote, but it was like, how many how many times can they say fuck in a song or something it was like a review on the shirt yeah, and i was yeah, like yeah. fuck this band's so sick yeah. but it was too small <laughs> it was so fat <laughs>
1: <laughs> moving on i would say that you know critics and uh audiences have called you the, the prince of hardcore and how do you <laughs> how do you respond to such a to such an honor do you do you accept it do you feel it's an understatement how do you feel about that
0: i definitely don't feel like i've i've been uh, over the years, been uh, distracted by the lack of amount of hardcore I've played for multiple reasons. I I love other types of music, but I really love hardcore and I've always cherished peers of mine who play hardcore like Wild Side. And my friend Cody plays in a band called Millspec that I think are really good. And I've always just like really, 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 really liked hardcore. Uh, I just like been busy doing other things, right? But uh, yeah, I think it's like, the most important genre to me, uh, for because it's just excitement and it's like very skilled playing. Yeah, just constantly thinking about writing hardcore songs. Shout out to Blue. Shout out to Blue. I, I definitely like playing hardcore and listening to hardcore.
1: Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to again thank you for including me in the uh, in the Blue shows earlier this year. And if you missed those, fuck you.
0: Yeah, last show Toronto. Maybe I don't know. I was going to record, but. Coronavirus happened, so but now I'm into pop punk, so I don't know. We'll see where we are. We'll see, we, see where we are Yeah, in a couple of weeks or so, you know
1: um, Okay, so we've got uh, we're, we're, we're kind of I guess drawing to the end of my prepared questions um, But uh, I'd like to do a little bit of a lightning round uh, for you. Sure. So today as of today What is it the, the 19th or something? 17th. 17th. Does it even matter anymore? <laughs> what <day it> is? <laughs> um, okay, uh... <laughs> All right. Blink or the chilies? Blink. Flea or Jesus?
0: Flea. Jelly beans or Twizzlers? Oh, dude. That was one of the questions I told you not to ask me, bro. Oh, shit. Dude, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. just drop the mic, please. Yeah, I'm fucking out of you. Twizzlers. Yeah. Ooh.
1: And uh, one of our prepared questions uh, from an outside source was uh, in 30 seconds, do you think you could name every band that you've uh, or artist that you've worked with?
0: I can try my best. Okay, yeah. let's hear it. Consumer Alert, Sound Asleep, Cat on Acid, Northern Primitive, Bitter Hearts, Marine Dreams, Daniel Romano, Spencer Burton, Young Wife, Single Mothers, Sideman, The Dirty Nail, Shotgun Jimmy, Stephen Lamkey, Oh zero, you got fifteen. Yeah,
1: fifteen's pretty darn good. If I do say so myself, I'm probably missing some. I thought of Canyon Carvers also.
0: Canyon Carvers, yeah, zero, which is my hardcore band with uh, my friends back home.
1: Mm-hmm. You got a you got a pretty good amount of them though, for sure. Yeah, well done. as we're closing up here, Mr. Miller, uh, what kind of uh, message do you have for the world or uh, anybody out there listening? Uh, all five of you. Um, What uh, what would you like to uh, to broadcast to the good people who are stuck in their homes right now and um, who are uh, who are looking uh, to you for some uh, for some thoughts on the current situation?
0: Well, you know, like no one could be no one's prepared for anything like this, right? But uh, I think it's important to uh, obviously keep a positive attitude. really embrace uh the people you're surrounded with uh and really try to just make light of any scenario like uh i think it's super easy to be uh caught up reading the news and everything and i think it's important to know what's happening but i also think it's important to enjoy life so uh i've been listening to a lot of happy music and i've been listening watching a lot of happy movies and uh that's keeping my energy going Yeah, I hope everybody is, uh, I've been enjoying playing bass on some people's songs that they've been sending me. And uh, I think uh, what we can learn is uh, we're all just a big community. It doesn't matter what bands you play in. It doesn't matter how chunky you were, how chunky I am or whatever, like it doesn't matter. It's just, it's all about uh, just like embracing everybody's uh, good qualities and even their bad qualities sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like I'm about to drop like the sickest uh, jam ever. And uh I don't know if it's gonna line up with this, you know what I'm saying, but um yo stream that stuff, yo. Papa's gotta eat.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much from Born to Rome. Thank you very much, Mr. Miller, for being on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me and thanks for having me in your band,
1: y'all. <laughs> <laughs> much love, uh jobless, and uh blink way to forever.
0: All the small things.